like to remind Bama fans of this weekend, um, just remember you're at Neyland Stadium, okay? You're not in Alabama anymore. This is not a golden crowd where you and your cousins get in a fistfight arguing over which one of you is the actual father of your sister's kids, okay? All the kids are under the age of 15. Come on up here. Hey, why don't you have a seat right over there? Now to the task at hand. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antelope, episode number 155. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Your company is stupid, bro. You sure about that? I am, and this man is too. Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. I will be going to see that man. Yes, you're going to hear about it. And the weather's so much nicer up there in Mattis, somewhere up there in the Northeast as opposed to down here in Jazz Fest. And also, I don't have to get shot at. We'll talk about the most disturbing video I've ever seen in my life since living down here in Louisiana for most of my life. Wow, the bar keeps getting higher. It's just incredible. Nuggets Miami have played two games since we last had a show. So we'll talk about both games as well as my man Louis Sarriez, who's now batting over 400 as opposed to him batting over 380 when we spoke about that last. Gavin Newsom, we haven't talked about that guy in a while. Leave that up to me because Tommy Bench is out this week. Bro Exotic is in. I also want to discuss the AL East and how they are just good at doing business if business is baseball and the provided measure is winning, well, then they are probably one of the more absurd divisions we've ever seen. But there's a couple things I want to discuss there, as well as stupid companies. Stupid companies. Man, I have found a couple that just make no sense, and it kind of reminds me of what this looks like as far as some of these committees go, you know, in professional sports in this country. And and more, moreover, why is it getting louder, Mr. Producer? And moreover, it's supposed to go the other way. God dang. <laughs> and just why, you know, that some of these companies, the way they operate. And, and then some of these committees, even one being the most powerful one probably in the world. And as far as sports committees goes, and I know we have to bring up soccer but after, you know, FIFA's so corrupt, they make they make the most corrupt NBA game ref by Dunaghy look like some, you know, some normal middle-of-the-road high school game somewhere outside of Salt Lake City. I don't know. I just know that we're going to have to discuss these things, and I feel that I may have found the perfect opportunity to do so. And before we do that, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch your brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. So there's a video of this dude riding around in the suburbs of New Orleans. It looks to be, I've, it's either Metairie or Gretna, which means nothing to you, to 99% of the people listening to this, but those are just two very, very close suburbs to New Orleans, one to the west and one to the south. And a guy just driving around middle of the day looked to be just busting off a Glock 9 at people's houses in right around breakfast time. Just rolling out, he unloads the whole magazine. I mean, it's pretty insane. And then they upload it, and then the outcry isn't that he did it, it's that he was dumb enough to upload it. And I'm like, wait, I think you're getting mad about the wrong thing. What about if somebody's kid is up there just sitting there playing in their dollhouse, and they take one to the head? I mean, that 
you know, that you should be very frightened to do something like this. You should understand that when you pull a stunt like this and they catch you, you're going upstate for as long as possible. They will try to hit you with everything and they should. I mean, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I imagine like reckless endangerment to the 20th power. And is there something is like attemptive manslaughter? I don't know. Right. But it's just ridiculous. And there's a big reason why I don't go in that city anymore. And I really don't plan on going there at all, ever. There's no reason for me to do it. I don't want to watch the stupid team in New Orleans play. I don't want to watch Zion Williamson impregnate another stripper or porn star. Uh, He probably could do that at halftime in the next game that he's not going to play in, which is the rest of every game in Pelicans history. So I'm good. I'm good over there. So we had a play of the year in game two, a POI. We've had two so far, both lost, and this one came through. Boy, it was kind of a sweater. Over 215 for game two in Denver. And it got there uh, with about, you know, we had some time to spare. Uh, but, boo, very strange game. We're glad to have gotten there. I did talk about on the special episode over the weekend, I did talk about how I did think Miami was going to win. Not surprised that they did, but I am surprised of how dominant defensively uh, Denver was in Miami. Miami has not won in Denver in years. <clears throat> Mind you, they only play there once a year. <clears throat> I haven't won there since 2016 as opposed to uh, before that last win. And a lot of that had sometimes can do with the altitude. I know what it's like to live in Louisiana and then move to Colorado. And I know what that does to your, your wind, your lungs. It's difficult. You need to produce those red blood cells to be able to uh, have, the, have, have the, um, you know, the wind, the bandwidth to get out there and do the things you need to do, especially if you're working out, let alone playing professional sports. But they completely shut down. Uh, Miami from the get-go, giving them nothing on the screen and roll, closing out and doing a great job of not letting any of these guys really take open jumpers like they did in game two. We had over on the show, Miami plus one and a half in the first half. Miami fell apart late second quarter. That lost, and the game went under by, uh, you know, eight or nine points. So it was a bad bet. And we're right around 52% now. And I think we're just going to, there's nothing we can really do to improve, only really disprove. So it's good to have a good, you know, winning record. We lost the NBA series one, lost a couple money lines, but all in all, I feel like nobody really lost any money here. And, and some people made money and that's a good thing. Let's talk about, um, oh, what I think is going to happen in this series. I think, I think probably Denver in six. I do think Miami's going to win another game. And I don't think it's going to be an open and shut series. I'm not surprised that they won game two. But, yeah, that was kind of a – that was one where Denver didn't even really play that well. And they go down to your home with a chance for you to really swing this series. And, and then you just get clobbered. So, you know, that's <laughs> – and they closed out in the fourth quarter about as well as you want to do. So we talked about Arias last week batting 381. Now he's batting 400. And it is becoming more and more amazing to watch this happen because this dude does not get walked. Look, we talked about it last week, so I won't be heavy on it here. But when you start batting a high percentage, getting walked is going to go against you. It's going to hurt. It's actually, you're going to need these at-bats. Only do you want to skip at-bats toward the end of the year when you want to win a batting title and your manager will sit you the last two games because you have a comfortable lead and or whatever. But there's a lot of cases to which... More at-bats would hurt, and I think this is one of those – this is not one of those situations here because this guy does not walk and he doesn't strike out. He's putting the ball in play more than any player probably in the history of Major League Baseball right now. Um, well, that statement's absurd. Excuse me. 
since the game has changed its way, and I can't put my finger on this at all. I'm going to say the last 30 years, but this guy seems to never strike, ever strike out, and he never walks. So the ball is always going in play. But because he's such a good hitter and he's such a fast guy, it appears that the more the ball goes in play for this guy, the better his batting average is going to get. Because if you look at a delta on his at-bats, hits, walks, strikeouts, if you look at this, his walks are going down, his strikeouts are going down, um, plate appearance is going a little up because the Marlins are hitting the ball more. And this plays. People don't understand this. This plays. When you're in a, one of the difference between a four and a five at-bat baseball game, when you're the leadoff hitter, you're going to need people in the bottom of that lineup to be hitting so you can move through it. The Marlins are hitting a lot better than last year. This guy's going to have more at-bats than he typically would. Picking up an extra five or six at-bats a week is massive, especially when you're coming after awards like this, especially when averages play so close over the long haul. But in this guy's case, I feel the more at-bats he gets, the better chance he's going to have to do this. And the way this guy goes inside out and the way he can wait on off-speed pitches, keep his weight back, the way he can keep those hips in that trigger zone to really pull on a fast pitch that he likes, but the way to have that balanced weight distribution throughout and be a fast lefty, I man, this has it on the wall. If there was ever a guy, he's like an Ichiro, but more aggressive, not quite as fast, but man, he can hit. I've always thought this would be this would be the one, or at least the prototype to be able to do it, and it would appear to date that that would be the case. So that man's going to have a chance to do something that I uh, we'd never see, but this is not an artificial or inorganically created 400. This is, <laughs> trust me, this man can hit the baseball. Really fought really hard to all parts of the field, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, the big thing is, is what happens down the stretch. If he needs to get hits, I bet you nobody pitches to him down the stretch either. Uh, I can almost guarantee you that. But anyway, that aside, let's talk about the AL East real quick. 184-128, the best division record to date coming into June we have seen since basically the split of the NL and the AL all those years ago. Since they've split the divisions again into four, you probably never see anything like this as the Boston Red Sox are holding up last place at 500. And as of two weeks ago, the Blue Jays were holding up last place six games above 500. <laughs> this is going to be the only comparable division is the one that I believe was in 2010. The Pirates, Cardinals, Cubs, same division, NL Central, all won 100 games. I've only seen that once. Maybe the Brewers. No, it was those three teams right there. The Brewers weren't in, in, in that one, I, I don't believe yet. Um, but uh, in this one, we're going to see nearly the same thing. So Tampa's going to win. Tampa already has 47 wins. Yeah, that, that, I don't know if you know, excuse me, 45 wins. That, that's probably one of the fastest I've ever seen to get to 45. We're not even really, <laughs> are we halfway through June? I mean, whatever. How many wins are they really going to have? Baltimore holding up the rear, who we took to win the World Series 60-1. to that, that, they're starting to cuck slowly but surely. But Baltimore, 37-24, and 24, still one of the best records in baseball, one of the more complete teams in baseball, finds themselves almost 10 games out of first place. Then after that, you have the Yankees, who people are mistakenly saying are having a bad year. They're 10 games above 500, pal. I don't think they're having a bad year. And then you have the Blue Jays, who have kind of underachieved. 
Now they're starting to win because they have so much talent. And now they're eight games above 500. And then the Red Sox, who really have gone through a ludicrous amount of injury again to their starting rotation, but they've built this team now not around big, fat free agency, right? Getting rid of uh, a lot of these guys and keeping Devers. That's the best guy they should have kept. Should have got rid of Bogarts a long time ago. Should have got rid of a lot of other these guys. A long time ago, but Devers, they kept the right guy. And Boston's beginning to rebuild, and typically with their, even with their pitching staff. Um, but this division is ridiculous. It really is. And if you just look, once again, Tampa and Baltimore, those are two of the lowest payrolls in baseball. We need to start classifying the Orioles in with Tampa because they are taking the same play that Tampa did. No big free agency. We're going to be a lucrative. We're going to make money, and if we can win games, great. But we're trying to make money before we win games. But if we can do both, we'll do it. And this is what's happening here. This is not to be mistaken kind of with Moneyball with Oakland. This is a little different. But in this case, you can see both teams are contender. I mean, the, 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 how many times are we going to say the Rays can't do it this year and they're going to win more than we even thought the year before? I mean, this is getting ridiculous with the Rays. <laughs> I mean, if you start, if you were in the Rays starting rotation – just dreams of sugar plums and everything. Just keep them in your head because the Yankees, the Angels, the, the Dodgers, the Padres, someone's going to give you a boatload of money. Just stick around, kid. Just don't go down. Stay on your feet and you will be fine. And so will Gavin Newsom out there in California. Right now, Joe Biden's odds to become the Democratic nominee are now sinking uh, to a point where you know there's no way this guy's going to be the nominee. I don't care what anybody says. I really don't. If he was the nominee or was going to be the nominee and everybody knew that for a fact, I would personally put another, I would put my life savings on this man almost because then I'd be getting plus money to an incumbent that we just saw potentially some things happen in 2020 or 2022. Who's to say that can't happen again or excuse, 2022, 2020. Who's to say this stuff can't happen again? Am I saying it did? Well, let's say it didn't. Who knows? But all I'm saying is that there's no way that they would allow me to do that because there'd be a great chance that Biden could win. But the odds are he's not even going to be the nominee, even though we're talking like this. There, from, there's a better chance of The Rock. So Las Vegas has The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Better odds, not Vegas, but the odds makers. Better odds than the sitting vice president, Kamala Harris. All right, The Rock's 16 to 1, and she's like 20 to 1 now. And as of six months ago, it was like 10 to 1, which was the funniest bet ever. This should be $8 billion to 1. I know so many Democrats that there's no way, even if Trump, I mean, they'll still vote for her, of course. But, I mean, <laughs> they'll do it with a blindfold on. Gavin Newsom is going to come out of the state. California, notice how we're not talking about how the state is actually falling apart now. Every Fortune 500 company minus big tech is moving out. Any type of brick-and-mortar store to the level of any type of grocery store anywhere in South or North California want nothing to do with that real estate. Absolutely nothing. They want out. They want out of that state, period. Right now, you're being charged taxes to be in a business. The only city or state that's taxed higher, theoretically, is New Jersey. It's not even New York. And then you can get in ways to where California can appear to be higher, depending on the size of the entity and even where it's located in the state, apparently. But for what I'm looking at, it for my money's worth, it's not even worth to do business in any of those states anymore because we're not going to tax you to death. We're not even going to protect your business or make sure that anyone that wants to do harm to you, your family, your business, whether that be, on, you know, however that may be, we're not going to do anything to make sure that they pay for their crimes. 
It's getting to be unbelievable, and yet somehow you're seeing them propping up Gavin Newsom as San Francisco, Sacramento have never been this unruly along as L.A. And again, I just have to ask the question, if far-left leadership is so great for the country, why doesn't it work locally, let alone regionally? If something doesn't work on a, on a local or minute level, there's no way it can work on a broad scope. Most things started off small, grew big. Whether that be a concept, an invention, an idea... And there's a reason why that is. God damn it. It's unbelievable. But at the same time, believable. Like just about everything and anything else in today's society. (laughs) Oh, man. So let's get into the title of today's show as far as your company is stupid, bro. I have some friends that work for some really stupid companies. Now... The level of stupidity doesn't necessarily fluctuate with, or not fluctuate, but gauge their level of wokeness. So, you know, we all, if you work for a big company, I would say I work for a very big company. And, you know, if you're one of these tremendous companies and you're not, and which one we even specified as like wokeness almost now is a necessity. So clearly you're going to have to have obviously the sexual harassment, sensitivity training. That's to cover your ass. You better do that. And you're also going to have to have the racial sensitivity training as well that is to cover you. And you should do that. And, you know, the thing is, if I was the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, we're probably doing that too. And we have to use that as a shield. Because if we don't do that as a shield, then someone will take our absence of doing that and use that as a sword. So I don't know if you know much about swords and shields, but yeah, I'd rather have a a shield than not. Especially when someone's coming at me. And sometimes you have to be defensive. And it's not necessarily defensive, it's more preemptive. Just getting yourself in a better position in case something were to happen over here. One thing that's always interesting, when you work in a sales, I guess when you have a sales background like I do, um, you know, you kind of gone through some of the spectrum of this to the food service and then manufacturing and now more or less industrial and then medical in no order. But you start to understand how sales organizations within companies operate. And one of the best ways to operate is to make partnerships. Now, these partnerships are widespread, sometimes very macro to very micro. But the partnerships typically create what you like, at least what we think is the classic win-win-win. It's a win for us because we get the business. It's a win for the other company we partnered with to get the business because they make money. And the person that we sold whatever we did to They're saving money or they're getting a better experience, so they win. This is how this always is pitched. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes one side's going to be doing too much and the other's going to be doing too little, but yet one side's going to receive the same or if not more than what the other side doing more is. So it's definitely not fair. And rarely will you find it to be an actual equal split. I have seen it happen twice. Twice out of about 50 times. I'm not going to say that as, uh, I'm not saying that as one of my hilarious, like, over- Maybe 50 billion times. No, I'm not saying it as one of those. I'm, I'm saying it because I actually believe that it's been about two of 50. When it does work out, it is incredible because you have somebody that knows the prospect you're after that's taking you right to them and saying, now do your best. Give them your best. Go ahead. And then you're going to reciprocate that for a customer that you have, typically under the same type of GPO, you and this other company, or, or however this may be set up uh, based on even type of a leads or referral, it doesn't matter. 
it, this is basically how this works. So when you have these companies all set up, and I'm being very broad because I don't want to get into anything specific like I'm doing right now or I have done with some of these companies because it's irrelevant. But one for sure sticks out the most here, and that would be at the restaurant company. So you have we're, – so we're dealing with big-time distribution of cooking oil and solely cooking oil and then the operations to hook up a fryer <clears throat> to a fill box outside and have that fill box then also double plumbed into these two big tanks somewhere inside somebody's facility. So we're going to need to, you know, if there's like an Ecolab guy that's a dishwasher guy, that's a good guy to know. We've talked about this. The linen guy. You'll get into some leads groups and you'll start to understand how to get in early. New constructions and all these things you're going to need to know. But in one of these, these companies that we partnered with, it just absolutely made no sense what this guy's company did. Now, I thought about ways to explain this, but all I could do, every module I did in my head, ended up with me going on for 20 minutes, losing everyone, <laughs> getting two-star reviews. Can't have that now, can we? <laughs> so what this was, was I tried to do this, so we'll see how it works out. But what this was, was there was a company that we could use that had a foothold into the hospitality industry on our side, which we called anything that was non-traditional, so that is your hotels, sporting events, uh, any type of wedding facility or entertainment venue, what have you, that would be considered that. And this guy seemed to have some sort of in with all of these different Marriott groups. So the JW Marriott, you know, corporate, they don't really own many hotels anymore. Just like, you know, McDonald's hardly owns any corporate fast food restaurants and Burger King now only has like seven or something along those lines in the entire country. So clearly you can see how people are getting away from corporate store models and get it to franchise model. You know, you basically go spend your own money and pay us. Yeah, that's pretty much how that works. <laughs> Let me get back and bounce here. But anyway, this company, when he was going around with this, to these different hotels, to these different uh, venues, as he was a huge wheeler and dealer. So he said within his company, and his company played a big role over here, well, he sold his bag of goods to our company, and their higher-ups met with his higher-ups. And this it wasn't a fly-by-night thing, but it gave this guy the opportunity to travel to every single territory that our company offered for him a chance to sell why we should be traveling with him and all these things. Well, it made a lot of sense in my area and he sold a big bag of goods. But then I remember very specifically after meeting with him for a couple days, just thinking, what the hell is he? What do these guys do? Because I feel like they can do their business model without people like you. And now I'm not saying that to him, but I'm thinking that. And boy, was I right. Now, this guy was basically getting all of this information from these meetings, he's walking into meetings with me. He's data mining. He's basically TikToking the holy mule piss out of me right now, getting all this information. He's recording things. You know, he's writing things down. I don't really think anything of it. Then you come find out what's really going on here. When I find out what's on the other end for me, it's like one of those ones where you, some 1099 company hires you out there to be a 
you know, a contractor with no salary, but if you hit your number, you can make a million dollars in commission. Well, that's great, but normally, you know, to get there is wildly outrageous, almost impossible. And that's kind of how this thing was set up. This dude's going to keep hitting singles with me, driving in runs, and I got to go over here and hope for some Hail Mary walk-off grand slam with him. It ain't going to happen. The purpose of this guy's company, when I really got farther down into it, you could see it was so stupid, but kudos to them because they created a want to have this company in place to facilitate the needs through companies like ours that actually had a place in the table at the private sector. Does that make sense? In other words, it was so smart of them, they created this falsehood that was their company and the falsehoods around it that needed to you know, prop it up. To have the solidified companies like us come in and really help them mainstream, not mainstream, but streamline through a lot of things that they would have problems with. I know that was a lot to take in there and difficult, but it's way easier this way than me explaining it the other way. But they were smart enough to position this company to where this had to happen, even though you can look at it and say, that dude, <coughs> your company is stupid, bro. Not necessary, but not that, mm. <laughs> it's really not stupid, but it is. When you look at it from any way, it is stupid. But this isn't just companies like that. There's companies that make even dumber decisions, okay? Now, there's a buddy of mine that works, I talked to him yesterday. He works for a Fortune like 50 company. This is a top 100 company in the world. You all know all about this company, and they kept something very, very quiet that happened over the pandemic. In the midst of the pandemic, amongst all the racial insanity happening where our media did just about as great a job as dividing us as they ever have, ever, there was a employee that left the office during the pandemic, left the office late at night. So the question is, why were you in the office? All right, well, the answer to the question is later we find... The reason she was in the office is simple. It's because she couldn't get all this stuff done from home. She's a dedicated employee and needed to get into a couple files that she did not keep on her computer. And this all checked out. This is true. Well, when she leaves, she's, she's abducted, basically jumped, kidnapped, if you will, and jumped, robbed, not raped, hemmed up pretty good, though, hospitalized. Nothing like nothing, nothing, not, nothing life-threatening, but some aesthetic injuries there for sure. And instead of this company basically getting behind their customer, they completely go the other way. In a company that you think is really smart, you're about to say, yeah, your company is stupid, bro. Because what they do is, and the reason I'm using this is for a very specific example, just stay with me here. Instead of using this as some sort of way to, I don't know, talk about how we need to get back into a normal society. No, this is them. <clears throat> this is your fault, you, you, for trying to work. When we told you not to, told you to be at home. And also, this is what happens when you come outside during a pandemic, you're going to get robbed. So what do you think? They basically tell her this. So what do you think? What did you think was going to happen? You're a woman that's like motivated, trying to work at night during a pandemic. Did you not think you were just going to get beat up and robbed, bitch? That's kind of what they were asking her indirectly. I thought it was wildly outrageously. Not only was it offensive and stupid to her, wildly offensive to her. It ended up coming back to pretty much bite them in the ass. Instead of taking the time to double down and show their employees how much they care about their employees' safety, they take the time to give all the measures of how to be woker and not be in certain places, much like Tommy Bench 
Talked about last week, the New York Times or two weeks ago, giving instructions for how to ride the subway. Don't make eye contact. And then he made the comparison to, who else don't you say make eye contact with? I said women in the Middle East. (laughs) And he said bears. Basically, we're both right, right? If you're a woman in the Middle East, you better not make eye contact with anyone. And if you're a human, don't make eye contact with a pissed off bear. Kind of the same thing. But a company you'd think would be smart would overreact. Do what they did. Change their entire process, the entire pandemic, onboarding, uh, employee safety. All of these programs had to change because of this. And, and the thing is, it's not so much that they, that they went against the employee or that they took the side of, of the woke and all the things that are happening with all the riots. And I'm not saying that. We expect them to do that, right? We expect them to do that. But the point is that while this is happening and it's so stupid and they're losing so much money, the reason for why they do it, though, even though like we kind of know what it is, it's almost impossible to kind of wipe that out of your head. So when you see something, it's like, God, you too, your company is so stupid, bro. And you kind of understand like what they're doing, and it makes it even harder to get through this. Now, we all know what happens in Major League Baseball, NASCAR, the NFL, the NBA. Now, we've seen all this, right? Major League Baseball went woke during the pandemic. It didn't work out well for them. All right, NASCAR did this with Bubba Watson. Is it Bubba Wallace or Bubba Watson? Bubba Wallace, I believe, with the noose, the fake noose, racial NASCAR tension. And then every white person in the world goes out and help pushes that car for, you know, and like in support of anyone that would put a noose in the garage. And then we find out it really wasn't a noose. It's a little piece of rope used to pull down the garage. And everybody has the same one. I'm glad we sent 19 FBI agents there to investigate. We all know all these companies are poor. The way they do business is really stupid. We know that. But we also know why they do it as well. They don't care. And the reason why they don't care is the same exact reason the previous other companies that I just talked about don't care. Even though I didn't mention the names, it doesn't matter. You're doing really stupid things. We know it's stupid. No one seems to care. I mean, the Bud Light, Miller Light one have to be the most obvious. We're going to beat that like a dead dog. I don't even feel like I don't even feel like talking about it when it happened. But there's no way that in a national game where there's only so much reach competition can have to pass up on a valuable, massive percentage because of the league competitors fault to woke, and then you follow that up with your version of woke, can only be done in accordance and only be done structurally, under instruction. There's no way. So there's definitely something going on on that end of it. We see the same thing with pro sports because they, I guess, know we're going to have to watch. Well, not all the time. We found that out, and so did they. When we look at some, a company like Ben & Jerry's or Nike, let's take Nike, for instance, and we look at them and we say, man, you guys are stupid. That's a stupid company, bro. And I, I would agree. For the most part, yeah, I mean, they, they get in their own way. They get in their own way because of some of the things that they want to discuss where they are wildly controversial, even with people in the middle. When it comes to some of the things Nike supports and you look at them, go through their website, what they've done, the money they've donated to, the causes and campaigns that they donate money to, all legally from what we can see, it's pretty frightening, okay? So they are losing a lot of business there and that's stupid. Is it stupid to continue to pound people over the head with woke politics? I believe it is. I believe that most Democrats, most liberal Democrats are not woke. Not even close. Most of the ones I know are not. All of them. So I believe that that is the small microphone, you know, small group, loud microphone type. The actual woke. But if you keep digging down with 
with Nike, you look and you can see what they've done. It's pretty crazy. Nike, 80 billion times bigger than Ben and Jerry's. I just mentioned them both because they sound the same, just on different ends of the country. Of course, Nike more into the BLM. Uh, well, no, they're both into it. I mean, Nike's not as much into pride as BLM. But then again, uh, who knows? They're going to try to outwoke each other. It doesn't matter. They're on the same team, even if they don't know it. <laughs> but Nike uses their platform to preach about the woke ideals, woke ide- ideology, right? Pride, trans, pans, BLM, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they pound those ideals here in a very environment, in a, an environment where that is very acceptable. And I have no problem with it at all. Actually, I really don't. But the funny part is, is we all know this, and if you don't, is that only a little bit of Nike's operation is actually ran here in this country in North America. Most of their operation and the crux of what they do is out of China. It's been this way since approximately March of 1981 when they started doing business out there and has grown exponentially every year. 1981, they've been doing business out there with China longer than I've been alive on this earth. Pretty wild. And you'd think, because Nike's so stupid over here with the way they shove all this down our throat, you'd think, well, absolutely they're doing this over there (laughs) in red China, right? With the CC. Oh, no, they're not? Why is that? Oh, I see. Oh, so we cram the woke politics here with this country that doesn't even hardly buy your shit because it doesn't matter. But where it all gets manufactured and sold for the most part over there in accordance with the NBA and other people that want that check on their jerseys. (laughs) But in accordance with that, we'll keep that. We'll just let them be over there, right? Isn't it funny how BLM and all these other causes that are only like here affecting this country when there's other racial divides affecting third world countries way worse than here and they're not manufactured divides, they're real We just kind of stay off of that. So we'll talk about how smart Nike is or how stupid Nike is because it does look like they do stupid business, bro. But we look over and we see how smart that is and we don't even talk about it because it's not reported. So you're super not woke in China. Matter of fact, you're like a a silent little church boy, quiet. And then over here where there there are no repercussions at all, you're the loudest. So you can kind of see how this goes hand in hand. If you haven't yet, it's just what do these companies do while they look stupid on the outside? They really are stupid. Then you find a way that they're not so stupid yet profitable slash profitable. And then you kind of understand the big picture. In order to understand those things, in comparison to the one committee I want to speak about in pro sports, you'll need to understand this company right here. Because I've been looking at this for about three days and I still don't get it. Maybe you can understand it, explain it to me and help me out, pal. So we talk about like father, like son on this show. And much like that, much like, much like daughter, like mother. We've done a lot on that. And we've done a lot on understanding the other side to an argument or a position. So we're going to do something on this next week, actually. But here, here's where we're going to go there. And then I'll get back to basis on this. There's a certain buying profile that we identify professionally. And when we know that this person is in that buying profile, we don't even waste our time there. Because we know it is a waste of time. We know it. If someone is so overconfident in themselves, their companies, their program, they're not going to see, they're not going to listen. And you're wasting your time. And the same thing applies in politics when you want to engage in some sort of discussion or argument. You have to identify who you're talking to. Because if it's the same type of situation, you may as well talk to a wall. 
You're not changing anyone's mind. They're not changing your mind. It's stupid. You should just move on, right? And I want to talk about that because it is so important to understand that other side. Then you'll understand, how can this person have this position? Well, you need to take some time to understand them and their position. If you can perfect this, it'll make your life a lot easier. I'm telling you, I have not perfected nearly, but I'm getting better and better at this. And it's helping a lot more and more, even day by day almost. To help me understand how someone can be that naive or that stupid to my initial perception and then to pull the onion back. And then you start to understand why. And like I said last week, it'll help you sleep. At least it does for me. My mom had a friend <clears throat> uh, in the church a while ago, a couple their age with a daughter four years older than me and a son exactly my age. And their father died in a horrific car accident, leaving her a single mother. And they moved to Huntsville and I never really kept in touch with them anymore. The mother was a city planner, a good woman, a good hearted, classic free speech liberal. I like her a lot. I still like her now. Her daughter, beautiful, uh, Basically a strong woman that would take up kind of her persona, but take it to the next level. Her daughter, her name will remain, we don't need to talk about that, is unbelievably, uh, she's probably one of the woker people that I know. Uh, and that's totally fine because she's tied that into what she does professionally with city planning. And this is what I want to talk about today. But her mother did the same thing. And, it, and there, it's a very commendable profession, especially if you stay in certain areas there. And it's not about yourself. It's about uh, others. It is. And then on the other side of that, you know, for her daughter to do the same as her mother and then really take it to the next level with three different uh, masters. She's got more degrees than a thermometer, too, from some very, very, very high-powered universities. So uh, she's very smart. There's no doubt about that. There's no getting around that. And good for her. She was always nice to me, and I hope she's doing extremely well. Her younger brother and I rekindled our friendship as he was the general manager of one of the more popular Tex-Mex restaurants in mid-city New Orleans about six, seven years ago. We, I moved back from, you know, I was living in Texas then. I moved back home. We, we hit it off again, only to find out that he would then be, uh, lose everything, his family, his job, and basically living in Tent City. This is a guy that my brother and I had dinner in his big house with. All right, Memorial Day 2000. 14. We had dinner in this dude's big house in Gentilly, right outside of like that, right in the outskirts of New Orleans before you get into like Slidell, New Orleans East. And, and, and this dude has lost his family. He's lost everything because of addiction. And now he lives in f Tent City, which is all the tents under the interstate as you're north. It doesn't matter what way you're going through New Orleans, south or north or south across the West Bank Expressway or not. He lives there, and this is just a horrible thing. But I understand where she came from. I understand her mother losing a father early. I understand why she has done what she's done. Her amazing accomplishments academically and professionally will not be uh, tied down here. But I want to show you what this looks like because this sets up the best for the main point of this entire discussion, the most powerful committee that is in professional sports. So I'm not going to say this, my friend's, City. This is the girl. So this is the daughter of the woman I was telling you about. The daughter of the woman that's friends with my mom. And I was friends with her brother and, and her. I haven't talked to her in years. I'm not going to say the name of her company. Because it appears to be that this would be a, that would be a bad idea. But I'm going to go ahead and mention everything I can without names and cities. And I don't think it really matters. I think you'll be good. So this is called, we're going to call this company the Amazing Urban Company. That's what we're going to call it. Amazing Urban Company. Uh, that is not far from what it's called, uh, but 
close enough to where we understand this is just a local government staffing policy planning type land and strategy. I've seen companies like this before, but never where they're positioned. She's from Louisiana, spent a lot of time here in Alabama, and now lives in a place where most people in Alabama and Louisiana do not live. So this is out there in California, out there maybe in the Bay Area, maybe not. If you look at this this company's website, you'd think it was one of the most vital, most important companies to local society imaginable, and that's how they position this, and there's a reason that they do this. And I guarantee you companies like this do not get audited. How much you want to bet? Bet you anything that the IRS will never audit this company, no matter what. So this company in North California basically does many things. And when you, again, when you look at it, it looks at like, wow, man, this is insane. Community development, department staffing. That's a big thing. I understand filling these roles in our city. I used to almost work part-time for a company looking to do that. When I was in college, they had one in Charleston. I was looking for work, couldn't get a job hardly anywhere when I first moved there. Specialized community development department services. Sure. And we see this everywhere with any type of public city planning, even the private sector like this one will have uh, they'll have programs out there supporting that effort. Policy planning, that's kind of boring. Policy implementation. Okay, now we're getting to do it. You know, implementing the tracking of long range planning documents, such as general plans, housing elements, downtown plans, and specific plans. See, that's like a lot of wording that didn't really say anything. That's when your antennas should go up. Big red flag. It didn't say anything, but it said a lot because it said nothing. Oh yeah. When that happens. You should start looking. Permits, streamlining, and development review. This sounds like a bunch of Billy Jack bullshit, and so it is. Review and make recommendations related to optimizing the project's reviews processes. All we need in here is synergy, and it's good to go. In order to work well for both the city and applicant and compliance with state legislation. Oh, we got to have that. Throw the L word in there. <laughs> I watched the L word on Showtime. What? Lesb- no. Legislation. Oh, got it. State law compliance, special project assistance. This is amazing. Lead and manage special projects for office, for manager's office, public works department, transportation agencies, regional agencies, and other public sector entities. Let us assist you with this. What exactly are you going to assist us with? Don't you can worry about that, pal. Just give the money. Can't you read? Look at our website. It says words and stuff about things and stuff. Don't you like that? Words and things about stuff? Of course I do. Well, then give the money. It's that simple. (coughs) Go ask Benny Hanna. He'll tell you. Transportation demand management. Interim executive level assignments. What? Provision of interim department head services, particularly related to community development departments and managers' offices. Huh? Do you know what interim executive level assignments are about? No, but I know what those four words mean and know how little they make sense to put them together. And then to throw a non-definition, you create a word and then create a definition. It usually looks and sounds as stupid as this does. Belts, what's the point of all this stupid stuff you're talking about at companies? and It's just this happens right under our nose all the time. I spent three days on this website looking at all the people from their team, looking at all of the things that they do. And this should be criminal. This company should be, should be circled in yellow tape. 
It's a crime scene. A crime scene. These companies, at some point, I imagine, because I see a consistency as I look at their websites, have to tell you, you know, how they make their money, actually. The reason, and they do on this website, and the reason why I'm so fired up about this is because this is what perpetuates this same type of behavior, the same type we talked last week about the cyclical nature of the vicious, the virtuous, and then the courageous. Well, here, this puts this thing in constant motion because they make their money off the same public sector that they're, air quote, fixing, overcharging the shit out of them, and I wonder why that is, so that taxpayers can back unnecessary programs that can prop themselves up artificially for their order of importance to be number one when it should be number 1,001. And then you read in deeper to companies like this and you have a very, very sobering understanding. This company, what did I say earlier? Awesome urban company in the Bay Area somewhere that feeds off the private sector, feeds off the private sector from getting checks from the public sector to do nothing. Prop yourself up, like I said, to look like this is a a very, oh man, this is great. It does so much. Sure, I get it. Then you look into who these people are tied into on LinkedIn. You look at who they're directly, not just, I mean, linked with, but there's articles in the newspaper about very, very prominent politicians and these guys cutting ribbons and doing all these things. And then you just look at it for as long as you can until you realize a couple things, not just a couple things that just don't add up, but a couple things that are very apparent and very sobering. These are some of the most powerful people in the, in the country. Companies like this. Companies like this are in the private sector. Set aside and off so you can't see it. Working directly with the people you elect in the, pro, in the public sector to enforce the same circle of viciousness that happens to everyone financially in that area. And because they do it there, it's rinse and repeat, and it absolutely is done at the national level. Oh, Belts, what a great, you're figuring it all out now? No, but I'm just telling you, in that order, it works like that. It's different than how most people would look at it. They're actually killing themselves. You're voting politicians in to then funnel money back into the private sector from the taxpayer outside of the public sector, then you're saying, well, it sounds like Robin Hood then. No, it does not sound like Robin Hood. It sounds like get the red tape. That's what it sounds like. Get the yellow tape. Get the crime tape out. Where's NCIS? Get them the hell out there. That's what it sounds like to me. I could do it a month on this and will not. Now let's talk about the meat and potatoes before I bring in Bro Exotic. We wonder how they're able to do these things, how they're able to get away with this. So that's not too difficult to understand. And when you look at someone's company and you're like, man, this company is stupid, bro. Even when it is, or even when it's not, it still is. Even when it doesn't apply, even when these companies make a lot of money under the table, on the side, or however, it doesn't matter to me. But when we talk about that last business in particular and how they are positioned themselves to be wild, almost lawmakingly important in the private sector. I bet they do basically write the laws. They basically do. And then you understand that. You understand how people like London Breed and company can just get reelected or elected in the first place. And it's because of stuff like this. 
becomes very obvious. And it doesn't stop there. It comes into pro sports as well. Of course. We talked about the NFL changing a very, very, very massive uh, special team scenario where you're trying to cough and quarter someone inside the 10-yard line, flip the field, put a lot of pressure on the offense for the other team. And the rule changes continue to go on and on and on. I thought this one would get talked about the most. This is already old news. They're just getting warmed up. I mean, I got to look around and go, what the hell is this? So you're going to take away special teams for player safety while you add another seed to the playoffs, get rid of the bye for the two seed, and add another regular season game, and you're still going to player safety me? You're going to hard player safety me to my face, pal? That's a hard pal. Don't give me that, Chief. Don't hard player safety me. And I won't have to hard chief you. It's out goddamn rages. Why do these why do these decisions happen? How do they happen? I know there's committees. I know there's a you know there's there's fifty thousand different committees in the NFL. And as I said, much like there's all type of companies like Smart Urban Company and all types of committees, sometimes there's a lot more going on here than you'd think. Keep things simple out in the open so no one will look. You know, it reminds me of that guy that was living in Greece when they were going through those riots when their economy collapsed. And, you know, this is 10 years ago. And this guy's in front of my dad talking about how he broke his own windows, took a bat and broke his own windows in his own residence. So the rapists, the looters and the rioters. And this has nothing to do with, before everyone ties this into BLM. This has nothing to do with BLM or anything. This is Greece going insane. Beat up his own house so they think it already been looted. I think that's pretty much what people happens here. Maybe if we just make it look simple enough, no one will look. Now, these different committees that have all these different people, much like, oh, the special house committee, the security committee, the blah, blah. you know, all these ones in the NFL are going to be really stupid. Some are going to have more weight than others. But if you really want to get down to what committee runs this entire, entire league, that would be the competition committee. And I just never really knew who was on there until I went and looked. So if you look at who's on this committee, it really does kind of answer more and more questions. I guess for me it does. For me. The Saints really don't seem to benefit off much the stupid team in New Orleans from much that happens out of stuff like this. And after taking a look at who's on the committee, you can clearly see why, right? Rich McKay, chairman, president and CEO of the Atlanta Falcons. That's a good word to start, being as where that's the Saints' biggest rival. And that's not the stupid team in the world. is not what I want to talk about here. And I'm not going to read you off who's all on here. You have Katie Blackburn, though, the EVP for the Cincinnati Bengals. Heard her name a thousand times. Seemed to be pretty smart. The GM for the Dolphins. Greer's on there. There's coaches on here. Frank Reich, I mean, Frank, the, the guy on the Panthers, new coach there, he's in there. So is Ron Rivera. This is why this is really shady. So is Mike Tomlin. This makes this even more shady to me. And then Mike Vrabel, which makes it unbelievably shady to me. <laughs> and you have all, and the list kind of just goes down from there. Actually, that is the list. This committee started a long time ago. And I remember kind of the backstory on it. It was when the AFL had split. And this, this committee came into existence because they wanted feedback from the 32 NFL clubs and wanted feedback from the players. And this league, for all intents and purposes, 
Kind of looks like the party planning committee from the office in the NFL. But much like the company Fun Urban City Company or whatever I said, their meaning, their meanings and reach are unbelievably deeper than you think. So these are the swampiest people I've ever mentioned. What's more swampy than Ron Rivera and Mike Tomlin in the NFL? I like Mike Tomlin. I don't care. It's swamp. Guy jumped on the field. He jumped on the field during a game when Jacoby Jones returned. To the Get the fuck out of here with this. Guy shouldn't even be employed. I, ask me how I really feel. Unbelievable. So I'll never get over that. Ever. Ever. <clears throat> Mike Vrabel? What? That guy looks like he's cheating in cards right now. Who? I mean, this is the shadiest group of people ever assembled. What are you talking about? This is worse than the NCAA Basketball Selection Committee. That is a tremendous statement. Then you get into reading about what this league can do, what they've done, and what they want to do. And then you find out, is this more powerful than the actual owners themselves? Of course, the answer to that is no. But the owners have selectively and for a very, very, very specific reason given these people a ton of power. Something tells me it all just ain't proxy. It certainly ain't motherfucking proxy in the company before I talked about the smart urban company. Oh, that's direct marketing. We're not sending people out on their behalf there. I can guarantee you that ain't happening here. Oh, no. What do you think, Jerry Jones? Just, I don't really know who's on that committee. I don't care. He knows everybody's penis size and underwear size on that committee, probably. Probably knows what, what porn sites they visit. They know everything about these people. But I think we don't. They're controlling the NFL right now. And it's, wow, it's almost like the Dark Lords no one talks about. And you look at it and we say, hey, your business is stupid, bro. And it is. It is stupid the way they do things in the NFL. It is stupid the way that a smart urban company does, even though they make a shit ton of money. It's so stupid because they should be getting in trouble when they do it. It is stupid that Nike sits here. It's a stupid company decision, bro, to sit here and bash how bad this company is while you go work on the back. I hate to say it. Everyone does. Oh, the Uyghur Muslims. But it is slave labor in China that the NBA and everybody else does not seem to care about. You know, it is ridiculous that... There's a company out there that changed the way that they do their entire employee relations because of a woman being accosted for trying to work, being beat up, and then they change the rules. Maybe they should beef up the security and get more, get more real to the people trying to harm their own employees. Maybe that's an option. And maybe we shouldn't partner with companies like we used to. They were getting everything out of us. We're getting nothing out of them. We're going to do the same thing now in sports. The NFL is going to get the max out of us because of all the clicks and the watches, and we'll get a shit product in return. Let's add another team to the playoffs, and then we can get the second round. Then we can get the second round by again because now we can have six teams that can play. So you can have three games with those two teams each, and then finally the two seed. Make the two seed great again. Donald, I'll vote for Trump right now if that's one of the initiatives. Make the two seed great again. We need to make Bro Exotic great again. But guys, just pay a close ten- pay close attention to this. Because when we say people's companies are stupid, bro, and they are, sometimes it's best not to peel back the onion. Because now I'm even worse off now than I was before. Sometimes it's best to don't ask. Don't ask. I said don't ask. Just give the money. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. 
So listen up, because I'm going to give you your PhD in Wokeology. Bro Exotic joins the Sports Antidote here on this amazing evening. Bro, how are you, man? Uh, what's going on, dude? Bro Exotic, uh, Vice Pope of Cal, Church of Woke. Happy Pride Month. What's going on, dude? Sick. Happy Pride Month to you as well. Uh, bro, I mean, this is... <laughs> I mean, this is kind of your Super Bowl. I mean, the Church Awoke, you, I feel like you guys have something going just about every month. But this certainly being, you know, the, the, the biggest, biggest platform, no doubt. Has the Woke Pope had any special sermons? Anything, you know, that's kind of jumped at you initially in this smorgasbord of, of gay for the month of June? Uh, yeah, you know, we uh, we certainly ratchet up the Woke factor uh, in, uh, excellent, in, excellent. In, our, in our services uh, every June. Uh, hashtag Pride Month. Um, you know, we, uh, we start off with our, you know, our weekly communion of, uh, booster shots to reaffirm our, uh, relationship with our revered scientist and savior, Anthony Fauci, hashtag, uh, health Fauci, full vaccine, the science is with thee. Uh, then we, uh, started to transition into, uh, talking about, you know, those who we champion in the, uh, woke community, uh, in support of trans rights and, uh, the LGBTQ plus community at large, uh, you know, uh, with the likes of like, Taylor Swift, uh, Katy Perry, uh, Hashtag women's rights, uh, you know, especially, um, you know, brave women like Megan Fox, who uh, showed her three uh, sons who were assigned male at birth, uh, 10, 8 and 6. She uh, showed them the truth. Uh, they're all trans. Uh, so mm. she has she has uh, three uh, wonderfully uh, woke uh, transformers in the family. Uh, Bro, according to Jordan Peterson, I mean, that would kind of mean that she hit like a hundred and seventy five thousand team parlay. To have three that are trans, that's incredible. Good for her. Yeah, not to uh, objectify her, but she has a smoke show. Uh, so she's, she's not ugly won, at all. She's not. She, won, she kind of won the lottery there. Yeah, uh, and that's only because I fluidly identify as uh, as being attracted to the uh, to her gender at this point in time. Uh, that's just say she's hot, man. We get it. It's okay. I understand what you just did, and uh, I appreciate it. But go it's ahead. just it's it's a patent thing. You wouldn't understand. I wouldn't. Uh, there are. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, we also have to uh, we have to also talk about, you know, uh, people that are uh, against Pride Month of everything it stands for, like a personal hero of yours, uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, this anti-woke transphobic agenda of his. Uh, I mean, Cal, after all, voted Clayton to be the third most racist name of 2022. Uh, so we're just trying to uh, we're trying to work this up a little bit, uh, get on George's level. Uh just totally get baseball games, especially all-star games out of there for anything uh, Sure. against women's rights or against the rights of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so we're just trying to uh, make baseball woke again. Uh, and, yeah. then, um, and then, you know, we just, we wrapped up our, uh, our church yesterday, uh, just talking about the, uh, the horrible uh, global warming effects of the uh, Canadian wildfires affecting uh, New York's uh, air quality alerts. Um, making the skies orange, but uh, as we all know, that's just the second most dangerous or, uh, orange entity uh, to come out of New York. Hashtag insurrection. Oh, and by the way, uh, speaking of the orange man, uh, <laughs> Cal is uh, Cal is fully endorsing uh, Pence in the primaries. Here. Okay, but I'm just going to tell you right now, there is a zero percent chance that the church awoke and yourself are going to be backing an evangelical Bible. Uh, no, dude, uh, I got a stat for you. All right, dude, there's 100% chance <laughs> that Cal church woke. I'm keeping uh, this receipt. Supporting, uh, keep it, keep the receipt, uh, stamp it, frame it, 
Uh, we're going to be supporting him, uh, you know, because of his loyalty to the Constitution over Trump. And we support his uh, his rights uh, to be an evangelical Christian, much like we support, you know, the rights of Clayton Kershaw to support some QAnon God out there who hates trans rights. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I can't believe this. All these neighbors I have, alleged conservatives, Christians, all these friends I have, and the one that's supporting Clay Shaw, Kurt and Clay Shaw the most is the blood-sucking vampire that is on the Church of Woke staff as Vice Pope. Unbelievable. Thank you. I feel like I've seen that in a movie. But you're welcome, Bro Exotic. <laughs> that was a very, that was a passionate thank you, Bro Exotic. Thanks for jumping on the sports antidote. The wild files are clearly, they need to stop. Trump, I mean, the Pence fire against Trump seems to have been started. And now that you're on board with him, I mean, this show just got, Oh, this just got even more interesting, man. So we look forward to talking to you about that in depth in the future, if that's okay with you. Uh, absolutely, dude. Anytime, man. All right, bro. Exotic. Well, we look forward to having you on next week. Anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, dude. No jokes. Stay woke. Hashtag women's rights. Hashtag trans rights. Hashtag LGBTQ plus community. And uh, hashtag uh, Pride Month, bro. Hashtag Pride Month. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, dude. Cheers. Queuing on God. <laughs> I don't believe it. You're all meant to come down here and defend me against these characters, and the only one I've got on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 155. Your company is stupid, bro. I get it. 68-61-2 versus the spread. I don't have anything here coming up for game four. Thanks to Bro Exotic for jumping on the show. Keep your eye on these companies, guys. Keep your eye out locally for companies like this around you. Parasites sucking the blood right out of the private sector and running it through the worst channels ever in the private sector, only to rinse and repeat and keep on doing it. Again, somebody wrapped this place with yellow tape. It's a crime scene. Look forward to having Tommy Bench back on next week. The Drunk Neighbor's coming up. Benny Anna, don't make me come find you, pal. Same goes for you too, young Woken. <laughs> Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Keep it real, Anadotians.